Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And today I have a very special guest, Kevin Patel, and he's a two-time entrepreneur. He's the founder at Convert, and it's the white label landing page builder used by top SaaS companies. Um, I'm always in the market for fresh ideas, talent, and people on the cutting edge. So I'm welcome. I'm happy to welcome Kevin to the to the show. Welcome. Nice to meet you. How are you doing today? Good. Um, we connected through Podmatch, and um, you know, today's gonna be talking about all about software as a service, tech entrepreneurship. Tell the audience how you got started, and we'll go from there. Yeah. Um, it kind of just started in college, honestly, just really trying to figure out what I wanted to do growing up. Uh you know, parents uh, were wanting me to become a dentist or a doctor or engineer. Usually those are the three that you pick from and wasn't too good at OCHEM. So I was just like, you know, this isn't for me. So didn't become the doctor that the parents wanted me to. But, you know, I was really more engaged in, you know, the dot-com era uh, in, in like the early 2000, basically 2000 era. And, uh, one of my really good friends, Drew, who is now uh, my co-founder in Convert, basically sent out an email uh, saying, hey, I have this idea of starting something on the internet. Don't know what it is, but if you're interested, meet me out in front of the library. And uh, I was the only one that showed up. And so that was the beginning of our, you can say, like hustle of uh you know making something on the internet and we started off by creating websites doing design work and uh and that's what kind of led us into SaaS because that's i feel like what happened is like you're tired of the service uh providing all day and so the next best thing is to probably go into SaaS, and uh it's 10 times harder but you know you you end up kind of uh having more fun on just creating your own product and growing from there and so, you know, that's that's kind of how I got my start. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. For the audience, tell them what Convert is um, and uh, kind of go into detail. Yeah. So when we were when we were helping companies do online marketing, we knew right away conversion was big, right? Really trying to understand what is it going to take for someone to fill out a piece of form on your page? And then once you have that, how are you going to actually turn them into a customer, like collect their information? 
And that's, that's, that's like a journey and like a process or, you know, the sales term playbook that you just need to understand for your product or service that you provide. And so what ended up happening from there was that we got into creating a lot of landing pages and what landing pages are is it's, it's like a micro website. It's not, you don't send people uh, from like an ad that they click on or from an email that they get to your website. Usually you want to send them to a landing page that is very specialized and crafted to that offer that you're uh, presenting to them. And, and when you do that, you know, your conversions are typically high. So we became really specialized in landing pages and conversion. And we just thought we would build our own tool. Uh, we thought we would just build it in-house for us and our account managers to use to manage, you know, landing pages for our customers. And like I mentioned, towards the end, we were kind of just, you know, getting burnt out of the service side. So we're like, okay, let's see if we can maybe sell this tool. Maybe there's different agencies or um, SaaS companies who may be interested in this product. Uh, so instead of going to the consumers, like the small businesses where they would maybe pay $50, $100 a month, uh, we just were like, let's just go straight to the top. Let's just try to find actual large uh, SaaS companies who would want to license this technology and embed it within their products so that they don't have to spend like a year, two years building this. They don't have to spend millions of dollars uh, investing in resources to build this. And uh, and that's what actually worked for us is that instead of going D to C, we went B to B and we just licensed the tech and we got them to market a lot quicker. They were driving more revenue quicker. And 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 that's what kind of just helped us. We we are bootstrap self-financed everything. So that's kind of like what led to our business model is is like kind of pivoting from, you know, instead of going to the consumer, let's go to the top and see if we can get them to embed it. Yeah, that's quite interesting. And one thing that's uh, that I love about, um, I love when uh, Mark Andreessen said that um, software is eating the world and, and you're seeing this play out in real time. And this idea where you're talking about now uh, software as a service. So people that don't, that haven't heard of that or kind of need to expand and tell you how you increase customer loyalty and advocacy among your SaaS user base. Yes. Our customer base is, um, again, just large SaaS companies. They're basically just software companies. Uh, software companies primarily in like the CRM or marketing automation space. So you may have heard of like these big players like Salesforce or Freshworks. And, and what they do is they provide a CRM and marketing automation tool that they uh, provide to their end consumers, right? And so for us, it was really just about um, how do we build that relationship with the product manager and, and kind of the customer support team uh, within their organization? And so for us, when it comes to customer loyalty, it's really building that relationship with that kind of the key stakeholders within that organization and, and just making them feel that this product is really providing value to their end customers. And so a lot of the time, you know, we're just having to basically do ongoing uh, webinar education for their end consumers, like how to use these tools properly or how does it work with uh, other digital marketing efforts. Uh, the other times, it's really just like providing them updates on what's to come, kind of staying ahead of the curve of like, hey, you know, we've heard 
X amount of other customers talk about this feature. We thought it would be a good fit for you. So, you know, would you be interested in rolling this out to your customers? And, you know, nine out of 10 times, they're really excited because uh, we're helping them kind of manage their product roadmap at their point. And, and that's where like, kind of like that loyalty comes in is that instead of looking at this as like a customer type of thing, it's like a partnership, right? They rely on us to help manage their product roadmap when it comes to uh, like the lead acquisition features. And so it's really up to us to provide that data and knowledge to them so that they can accelerate both their marketing efforts or sales efforts and go to market strategy. Yeah. And I love that. And talk about scalability because, you know, a lot of doctors on here, they listen to this, they work crazy hours um, and they have no time, but tell the, you know, kind of expand like why technology you're able to leverage, you know, platforms, SaaS, and you actually get network effects, you know, exponential effects. Yeah. So when, when it comes to scaling, uh, I think there's really two sides, right? There's like scaling your own company and then there's making sure the product itself scales. Uh, when it comes to the scaling the the company side, we we had a lot of bottlenecks early on. You know, like I mentioned, being bootstrapped, you have to be careful on like every dollar you spend. And engineers, you know, really good ones start off at 100K here in the States. And so, you know, we could probably only... Uh, afford maybe half of one early on and how much work can you really get done with that so we had to get creative like we we went offshores we had i mean like we spent i would say close to two to three years just trying to build the core product team um you know finding the right culture the right resources that know your tech stack uh really having a passion to want to really solve the problem that we're we're trying to solve so that was the first part uh and again like that isn't easy like again we spent like three years just really trying to figure that out and once we got that team put together we were then able to make the product scale like we built it so it's like a, a multi-tenant system uh it's very easy to configure each organization that comes in you know we don't have a lot of overhead like resources when it comes to like the infrastructure side and so now we're at a point where we are entering uh, what you may heard of like PLG, like a product-led growth model that would allow uh, people to come directly to the website and sign up themselves and set up their own instance and everything instead of going through the whole traditional book a demo piece. And so there's like that scalability, even on the marketing and sales effort that comes with that. And so again, for us, it was really just getting that team put together in, in the very beginning. And that's what helped us get the product out. And then that's what helped us scale the scale uh, sales and marketing efforts. Yeah, I love that. Um, you know, you have a lot of um, expertise. And what's the connection between? Oh, um, yeah. And you talked in, earlier on. You talked about bootstrapped. And so, what are some advantages of being, you know, bootstrapping versus uh, outside capital? Uh, kind of ex expand upon that. Yeah, I mean, I, one one thing that I really like to talk about is. Uh, when you're bootstrapped, it really forces you to get out there and try to sell the product, right? Like that's the only way you're going to live basically, or keep the lights on in the office. You don't have revenue coming in. I mean, this product is going to die. So it, it like kind of holds that level of accountability, I guess you can say. 
to get to make you get out there. And and that's what we did. I mean, like if I looked at some of my LinkedIn messages or outbound emails and phone calls, like it was probably at least in the three, four hundreds, uh, which was like the span over a year, maybe a year and a half of just like really crafting this to like top C level people. Uh, where until someone finally hit, like it just took that one contract to finally get us to like, you know, start putting food on our table, the my other co-founders table, and then like start hiring resources from there. Uh, whereas with funding, I mean, like we haven't taken funding on, but from the peers that I've talked to, uh, it's really easy to, you know, be able to make bigger bets, you know, sure. Uh, but like, Sometimes you you rely on different mediums uh, for that customer acquisition, which is like maybe paid ads or, uh, you know, those types of verticals, like maybe like building out a partnership team. But what's more important is actually trying to get out on the field and and, and try to meet these people, listen to their pain problems and like, uh, you know, pivot off of that. And so that's what helped us, I think, with being bootstrapped is like we really we're forced to listen to these pain problems and solve for it. And now we're just, now we're really uh, trying to scale. And so now for me, it makes sense to maybe look at funding because we have a model that's working and the idea is, okay, if we take some funding and maybe scale up um, other avenues in in sales and marketing, can we double, triple, four X this over time? And so, uh, you know, that's, that's what made sense for us. And, and, if we were to do it again, we'd probably still do the same way. <laughs> I love hearing, you know, this these uh, stories about, you know, Facebook and Coinbase and all these. Um, and the other thing is uh, talking about building a tech company, a startup, there's, um, you know, there's always plateaus and get, you get your product market fit and you raise your series A. Um, talk about practical advice on how... Um, companies in various series stages can break past their plateau. One thing that I've seen is, you know, after kind of like this whole correction in the market, a lot of companies started to scale back on their spending and, uh, and they're really trying to get core on, on their objectives and mission. And um, a lot of that also has reflected on what type of vendors they work with. I think we're coming to a, a part where like, you know, SaaS companies were always big on trying to build IP in-house. You know, there was always this mantra, like, we got to build it. We got to build it. We got to own the IP. And like really quickly, you see and understand that, you know, like you're not always going to be good at everything. Like there's going to be some people who specialize in those certain things, like for lead acquisition tools, you know, go to convert Uh, for analytic tools, you know, go to maybe keen.io. And so where where we what we're seeing now is that, you know, software companies want to see a really quick proof of concept to see if this is going to work within like days. And if they are, they're ready to make that commitment and and pay. And so where we are is like we're we're trying to really make this product so that it can open it up to like project managers, to engineers, to basically allow them to like spin up their own staging and production environment and and just test it in-house like with a couple of, you know, customers. And and if it works from there, that's what kind of leads them to like upgrade to the next package and, and buy something. 
And so I think when it comes to that plateau piece, you're you're sometimes seeing it on like sales, marketing, or a lot of the time even on product side, like you're not iterating or delivering new value or feature that your customers are asking for. And that's where you can look at, you know, the partnership side of things is like, is there a vendor out there that we can partner with that is going to allow us to get out maybe in 30 to 60, 90 days instead of us spending, you know, one to two years trying to build this. And, and I think that's where you could break through on the product side. And then when you have that product piece solved for, then you can, you know, deliver your sales and marketing efforts, which should, you know, break you through that plateau of revenue. Yeah. Um, as we come to the end, um, you know, uh, you have this idea of, you know, advice for early stage SaaS startups. You tell them to stop building everything. Uh, what do you mean by that? Look at Google. How many how many features has Google released, and how many like of them have you heard that they've shut down? <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I mean, like we get in this part where we're like features, 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 but a lot of the time it's just like there's that one core feature that is like one or two things of your overall platform that is driving ninety percent of your revenue. Stay focused on that. And if you want to make bets on other things, find other vendors that are really good at it and see if you could get to market a lot quicker. And I, I guarantee you it's going to be like 20 times cheaper than you doing it yourself. Yeah, I love that. How can people contact you, um, follow you, uh, reach out to you? Yeah, I'm really active on LinkedIn right now. Uh, Coven Patel, uh, company is Convert. It's spelled CO. Uh, we bought it back in the 2000s when it was cool to spell your name wrong. <laughs> so yeah, we're we're active on LinkedIn and, uh, you know, we'd like to connect there. Yeah. And for all the audience out there, let's thank Coven for this fantastic conversation. Very rarely do you get to hear from SaaS tech entrepreneur founders and really great all of the resources will be in the links and show notes. And with that, thanks so much for coming out to the podcast. I appreciate it. Thanks again. I hope you really enjoyed that wonderful, inspirational, motivational piece. Again, if you, wherever you are listening, if you liked it, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. We're on everywhere, Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible. And without much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week.